0: As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'na wa anfa'na Today we're continuing with the third session of the series, Purification of the Soul, based upon the guidance of Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, Hafidahullah. Whereupon he mentioned for us ten principles. We're now on the eighth principle by the permission of Allah Azawajal. So he says, The meaning of the principle of the pillar here is that you should be very careful in selecting your friends and the people that you sit with and the people that you spend time with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, O oh Muhammad, keep yourself patient with those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the mornings and in the evenings. And don't allow the glitter of the world to take you away from that type of companionship. And don't follow that kind of person who we've allowed for him to go astray and he forgets to remember us. So the, the Prophet sallallahu was being told this instruction by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it shows that it's extremely important to be around those who are righteous and to be away from those who are not righteous because that will affect your soul, that will affect your heart. Imam al he mentions in his tafsir of the ayah فيها الامر بصحبة الاخيار In this ayah there is a command that you should take the companionship of those who are the best of people ala him, and to strive against your soul so that you will remain in their company why does he mean to strive against your soul because you know it's very easy for the soul to want to be with those people who are quote unquote having fun they're the ones who are always going out to the parties to the football matches to the games to the so-called enjoyment it's permissible for us to do that but it shouldn't be what takes up most of our time so you find that the soul doesn't want to be with those people who are going to be in the Qur'an circles, learning how to read the Qur'an properly, learning the tajweed of the Qur'an, learning the tafsir of the Qur'an. It needs to be trained upon that. It needs to be pushed to be upon, amongst those kind of people. So Imam Sadi says to push your soul to be in the company of such people. in Even if these people are poor, society looks down upon such people. Why do you want to be with such people for? They're poor. They don't drive the nice cars. They don't have the big houses. They don't have the successful careers. It doesn't matter. They are people of righteousness. They are people who are close to Allah That is what matters for me and you, to be reminded of the things will get us to Jannah and give us the Jannah of this life. And that only comes from having the company of those who are pious. So he says, Imam Sa'idi, he said, to have good companionship, there are benefits that you cannot even enumerate, meaning that there are so many. Your life will change completely if you are granted that permission to be amongst righteous people. Because everything that they do, you will want to emulate. Any good character that they, character that they have, you will want to emulate. When you see them rushing to do good deeds, you will think about yourself. That why am I so far from doing good deeds? I should be like these. I need to catch up. You will see how they are firm in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you will try to emulate and it will only benefit you. The Prophet, the best of advisors, the ones who cared for us more than we care for ourselves. He said, as in the hadith collected by Abu Dawood, <laughs> that a person is upon the religion of his friend. So be careful who you take as a friend. Meaning that your religion Reflects the religion of your companions. If your companions are on good faith and good practice of the religion, then likewise you will also find that yourself practice the religion in a good way and manner. The Prophet further explained in Sahil Bukhari, he said, He said, the similitude of the righteous companion and the evil companion. مَثْرُ الْحَامِلُ الْمِسْكُ وَنَافِخُ الْكِيرُ is like the one who has in his possessions perfumes. Maybe he's a seller of perfumes. And like the one who's like an ironsmith. What's that word when you blow the fire? The bellows, something of that sort. Somebody who works with the fire, heating up the iron and materials of the like. So the Prophet gave two examples. He said, "The righteous person, the righteous, the righteous person is like the one who has in his possession lots of different types of perfumes. he's either going to gift you some of this perfume,, or you're going to purchase something from him. Or the least of the situation will be that because you're in his company, you're going to find a good smell. صَالِحْ الْكِيرُ And the evil companion is like the one, as I said, works with the fire, like the ironsmith. إِمَّاً يُحْرِكَ Either he's going to burn your clothes because you're with him, you're in his company. وَإِمَّاً Or you're going to find from him an evil, dirty smell. And this is the reality. We, depending upon who we mix with, will affect our behavior. We all know about the reality of peer pressure, that there is such a thing called peer pressure that it affects you. Sometimes you end up behaving in a way that you yourself don't want to behave. But because everybody in your office is doing a particular thing or behaving in in a particular manner, everybody in your university class is behaving in a particular manner, you will feel very strange then to oppose them and it will be very difficult for you. That's why it's imperative to try to choose the best of friends possible. And one of the greatest du'as that we can make for ourselves and for our family members and our loved ones, especially for the youngsters, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them sohbatu saliha. Is that Allah wa gives them righteous companions. Because once you have a righteous companion, much of the struggle is over. Why? Because as a human being you want to feel accepted. Everybody in society wherever they are they want to feel that they are normal and accepted And when you find that other people in your companionship are doing the same as you Then you find that this is very natural and it's very normal for you to live in this manner Live in the way that Islam wants you to live But if you're living amongst those people who are always opposing you and saying to you what's wrong with you? You never shave you always grow your beard. What's wrong with you covering your body the way you cover? What's wrong with you? You don't listen to music. You don't watch the movies the way we watch. Why can't you have fun? All the time you will find it difficult to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be upon the obedience the way Allah wants you to be upon obedience. So having good companionship is something which is extremely important for the one who wants to purify his soul. We ask Allah that He gives us good companions. Amin. Al-Qaeda to Tasi'ah, the ninth... Rule or principle that the Sheikh he mentions for purifying the soul, he says, "Al-hadhar min al wa al nafs He says that the person has to be extremely careful, extremely careful from allowing himself to delude him into thinking that he is somebody special. Self-amazement. This is a huge problem for our souls. Allah says, do not claim for yourselves piety. Allah is best and well aware of the one who is pious, who has taqwa. So you will never find a true believer behaving in such a manner where he tries to make himself stand out from amongst the people. What do I mean by this? Of course the believer tries to stand out from amongst the people in being righteous but he never makes claims for himself you will always find him blaming himself that I'm not from those who are righteous enough I haven't done enough work to please Allah so this is the reality of the one who wants to purify his nafs why? because like Allah says Allah knows best who has the taqwa taqwa its reality is that it's hidden deep in the heart yes you see the effects of it on the limbs The person who has taqwa, he will be doing righteous actions and he will have righteous beliefs and he will have righteous characteristics. Don't be like those who think that they are righteous. They say, brother, don't tell me to come to the masjid and pray. Don't tell me I have to give sadaqah. My iman is here. Sometimes you have people like this. They don't do the outward actions that are required, but they say, I have faith in my heart. That cannot be the case. If there was taqwa and faith in the heart, then it would emanate on the limbs. It would show through righteous actions and righteous belief. But the point I'm trying to make is even if you see somebody doing righteous actions and even if you see yourself doing righteous actions, the reality of your righteousness is not known except to Allah Azawajal. Because the soul is very deceptive. At times it makes us think that we are doing a righteous action. But why am I speaking in such a manner? Am I speaking to please the people? Am I speaking to show off? Why am I giving the sadaqah? Is it because I want people to think I'm generous? Is it because I want people to look at me and take me as a role model? You see, the soul will always play games with you, trying to make you do things for other than Allah. So if you become one of those that claim for yourself righteousness, then this riya, which is minor shirk, showing off, it will start to grow in your heart and become bigger and bigger. And you will have self-amazement that mashallah, look at the way I read the Quran today. I read a whole chapter. Look at me today, I read all those extra sunnah. Look at me today, I gave dawah. Whatever you did, You should be happy, yes, and thankful to Allah but it should never lead to self-amazement. There's a difference. You're happy and thankful that Allah gives you these opportunities to do good, but self-amazement is never there. The reality of our situation is, no matter how much we worship Allah the question is, is it enough? The question is, is it accepted? The question is, do I have shortcomings? And every single son of Adam has shortcomings when it comes, to the rights of Allah Azawajal. Look at Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, the best of the creation on the face of earth after Muhammad He asked the Prophet wasalam, to teach him a dua that he can say in the Salah. So what did the Prophet wasalam, teach him? He said, say, Abu Bakr was taught to say, to acknowledge that, Oh Allah, verily I have oppressed my soul by doing wrong. Abu Bakr doesn't do any wrong. His sins are minor mistakes. He doesn't commit major sins. But yet, the Prophet ﷺ is teaching him to say that, Oh Allah, I have oppressed and done wrong to my soul. So forgive me for the actions that I have done. None will forgive except for you, for verily you are oft forgiving. This is a dua the Prophet uh, told Abu Bakr to say in the salah. To acknowledge that there is shortcomings in him, even if they're not major shortcomings. So as many of the Salaf they will say, Don't look to the smallness of the sin, but rather look to the greatness of the one you have sinned against. So the soul can never call for itself that yes, I have made it. I have reached perfection in terms of worshipping Allah. I am the ones that people should look at. No. The soul is always blaming itself without becoming depressed and without becoming despondent. Meaning that you are thankful of Allah, but you're always blaming yourself for not having done enough and not having worshipped Allah in the way that you should have. Aisha Ummul mu'min ahmada Aisha radiallahu anha, the wife of the Prophet. She read the verse, those who give. In charity, but at the same time their hearts are fearful by thinking and remembering that they are going to stand in front of Allah So they give in charity, but their hearts are fearful from the remembrance of having to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked the Prophet, she said, Ya Rasulullah, ahumul ladina yashrabun al wa yasrukun? Oh Prophet of Allah, are they the ones who drink alcohol? and steal from the people is that why they are afraid of the meeting with allah the prophet sallallahu "La ya said no o of saddiq, yasumoon, wa wa khafuna, they rather are those who fast regularly they pray regularly they give in charity regularly but they they fear for themselves that this deed may not be accepted by allah because verily Allah only accepts from those who have piety, right? So the believer, his nature is that he fears for himself, am I pious enough? Have I done enough? Did I present this deed in the best of ways? So you never allow yourself to feel that you've made it. Even Imam Ahmed on his deathbed, he was saying no, no. And his son Abdullah, when his father regained consciousness, he asked him, my father, you're the Imam of Ahl-Sunnah, but you're saying these very strange words on your deathbed. You're saying, no, no. We're telling you to say, la ilaha illallah, and you're saying, no, no. He said, no, my son, it is that Shaitan came to me and said to me, you are the only one who have escaped my plan and my plots. Imam Ahmad, you have escaped my plan and plots. And Imam Mahmud was saying, no, no, not until I pass away. Meaning that nobody is safe from the plots and plans of Shaitan. Until you finally pass away, so the believer he never relaxes in that sense of that yes I've made it yes I have attained piety. Rather he's always blaming himself and looking to himself that he should do more and perfect his actions more for the for the sake of pleasing Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Abdullah Ibn Abi Mulika, Rahimahullah Taala, one of the Tabi'in, he said, أكثر من ثلاثين صحابياً and nifaq. he said I came across 30 or more of the companions of the Prophet meaning the best of generation that ever walked the face of this earth 30 or more of them And he said every single one of them had the characteristic that they would fear for themselves hypocrisy Subhanallah, the best of generations that they would fear for themselves hypocrisy but look at us how we walk on the earth today we are the best of people Everyone should look to me. Everyone should take me as a guide. I know better than you. Follow me, don't follow him. But rather the pious person always takes himself to account and shuns away from the limelight, so to speak. Doesn't want to be the one that people come to asking the questions. Doesn't want to be the one that people take as a guide. Yes, you guide because you know that this is a job that you have to do for the sake of Allah. But in your heart you're very fearful because you know the reality of your many, many shortcomings. You know that there are people who are much better than you out there who the people should really be going to, to take guidance from. So this is how the companions and the righteous were and still are. You will come across righteous people. You know he's a sheikh, but he's very, very humble. He's always hiding from the limelight. He doesn't want to become famous. He wants it only to be for Allah's pleasure. This is the kind of people that we need to emulate and be around. Imam Hassan al-Basri rahimullah ta'ala He said Al-mu'min jam'a ihsanan wa He said the believer He has gathered or he gathers Goodness in all its forms As well as being fearful at the same time Right? So his situation is that he's always gathering good In terms of belief, etiquettes, mannerisms, deeds But at the same time he's always fearful for himself Whereas the munafiq, the hypocrite Jama'a isa'atan wa amnan he gathers for himself so many evil deeds, the hypocrite, yet he feels that he's safe and secure. This is the difference. The believer gathers good deeds, yet he doesn't feel secure in the sense that, have I done enough? Are they accepted? Whereas the hypocrite, after gathering so many evil de- deeds, feels that he is secure from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the point that the Sheikh is mentioning to us is that we have to be very diligent with regards to the whisperings of our soul because the soul will continue to whisper till the day we pass it will always say to you things which will make you try to make you turn away from the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the imam, the, the sheik al qaidatul ashira the tenth principle and the last one that he mentions he says ma'rifatun nafs he says coming to know and understand what the soul is all about What are the different states of the soul? Because the more you know about the soul, the more you study about the soul, the more you read what the Ulama, the righteous people, have written about the reality of the soul, the more it will be possible for you to deal with this animal. The soul is like a, a horse. It needs training. If you don't train it to obey you, it will run left, right, and center. Every time you try to ride it, it will throw you off. Every time you try to come close to it, to make it do the things that it should do to benefit itself, it will try to kick you. But with training and understanding of the reality of this beast, you can make it subservient to that which is needed, to that which is good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He mentions the nafs in three different ways. So it has three different major characteristics and three different states. So Allah says, the first of them is known as nafsul mutma'inna. The nafs which is mutma'inna. The nafs which is in a state of tranquility. Tranquility through being obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, Allah, Those who believe in Allah and they find tumanina qulubuhum. they find tranquility in the remembrance of Allah Azza wa Is it not that only with the remembrance of Allah? The heart and the soul can find tranquility. So this is the first type of soul. A Mutma'inna, the one which has the one which has tranquility, meaning that it happily wants to be in the places where good is being taught. It happily wants to be in the gatherings where good is being established. It will stay away from all of that which guides it or calls it to evil deeds. And also an important point in the verse, if you remember. Just now Allah has mentioned to us, أَلَا qulub." Each and every one of us in life, we're looking for tranquility. We're looking for happiness and peace. We're looking for that joy to keep us happy and to keep us full of energy and positive uh, moods. But Allah says in the Quran, it's only with the remembrance of Allah that the hearts will find that tranquility and the soul will find that tranquility. So no matter what you spend on yourself from material things, no matter how much you spend amongst the people who seem to have lots of energy, if it's not for the sake of Allah, you will never find the true tranquility that the soul is looking for or that the heart requires for it to be satisfied. So Allah says in the Quran, O the soul which is tranquil and mutma'in, return to your Lord in a state of being happy and pleased. Enter amongst the slaves and enter into the paradise. So, this first soul and nafs al-mutma'inna, this first state, as we said, is the one that floats around the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As some of them mentioned, it's on the earth, but it's making tawaf around the throne of Allah. It's on the earth physically, but spiritually it's in the heavens, thinking about those lofty ideas and lofty thoughts and lofty beliefs, wanting to be with the angels, the prophets, and the righteous. This is the nafs al-mutma'inna. And nafs al-Lawwama is the second one. The lawwama and nafs al-Lawwama is the one that blames you, whispers to you that why are you doing such and such? Why are you doing that wrong? And this is a gift from Allah that the person has this whispering in his soul and his heart if he has this. Because the worst situation for us is that we get to a stage, may Allah protect us all, is that you've done so many bad deeds now, you don't even recognize them as bad anymore. That internal compass that internal guidance is not there to you it's not whispering to you anymore it's dead so you do these evil deeds and you don't even feel guilty but if you have this اللوامة, then it always commands you it always tells you you should feel bad for what you did feel bad for the way you addressed that brother feel bad for taking that bit of money from that person that you shouldn't have taken any bad deed that you do it will address you and it will remind you that this is something which you have done wrong that's why it says in the Quran Allah Azawajal swears by the nafs The one which reproaches the soul. The third of these categories or states of the nafs is the nafs The one, may Allah protect us, which commands you to do evil. Subhanallah. It whispers to you all the time. Even in the salah, you're thinking of something evil. Wherever you may be, you're thinking of something evil. Why? Because you've allowed that animal, that beast, the soul, to be trained upon that. You haven't allowed it or tried to train it to be upon obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why it's mentioned that Yusuf alayhi salam, he said in the Quran, <speaking> in <Hebrew> I don't try to free myself from blame because verily the soul commands to that which is evil, the nafs which is amaratun <speaking in> bisu. <Hebrew> except for the one that Allah has mercy upon. So these generally are three different states of the soul, and a person can go through all of them in one day. It can be strange that you find yourself being one who finds tranquility in the remembrance of Allah, and at the same time your soul is blaming you if you did something wrong. But then within the same day may Allah protect us, you could have done enough evil deeds to end up being that worst case scenario, where the soul starts to whisper to you and command you to do evil. So it's a a situation that the nafs can be in all three states in the day. May Allah protect us. So as we mentioned that many of the imams of the righteous, they've mentioned stories or they've mentioned descriptions about the nature of the soul to help us understand. Imam Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi rahimallah ta'ala, he mentions that the soul is like a mountain that needs to be climbed on your journey to Allah azawajal. A huge mountain. And this mountain is full of dangerous beasts, dangerous plants jagged edges very difficult to climb rocky sharp edges and you know it's a steep mountain and it's a long climb and it's difficult and there are thieves on the ways of that mountain that will attack you in the night and on top of all of that there is a loud calling telling you don't approach the mountain stay away And as you climb up that mountain, the more you climb, that voice gets louder and louder telling you, go back down, don't climb. So the Imam, he says, if you don't have the the provisions of Iman and the light of certainty, it's very difficult for you to navigate that mountain. Yet Allah makes it easy for the one who He wants to make it easy for. But every person, if they want to get to Allah, they have to climb that mountain. And if you continue to climb that mountain and you avoid listening to that voice which is shouting to you to return and you are not afraid of the thieves and you are not afraid of going through the effort of climbing that difficult terrain then you will come to a level on the mountain where it's now easy for you to walk and you see in front of you beautiful scenery and you see in front of you amazing houses the further you walk up that mountain the more beautiful the scenery becomes so the Imam he says this is the likeness of the soul that you have to push it continually to climb that mountain and not listen to the whisperings and not be afraid because the soul, it tries to make you fear doing good deeds in the beginning. But the more you do it and the more subservient the soul becomes, the more you will find beauty in your journey. The more you find that your soul becomes tranquil and starts calling you to these beautiful places of good scenery and beautiful houses and mansions and keeping you away from the thieves. So it's imperative that we keep going and we quieten our soul. How do you quieten the soul? The more good, good deeds you do, the quieter the soul will become. But the less good deeds you do, the louder the voices inside will be calling you to do uh, evil and telling you to stay away from good. Maymun Ibn mahran he said, This scholar, he said, that you cannot really achieve the state of taqwa until you hold your soul to account more strictly than a person who owns a business holds his partner to account in that business. Meaning if you were a businessman and you had partners, you'll be checking the accounts regularly, daily. What have they spent? What are they doing? Are they improving the business or are they ruining the business? So many things you'll be thinking about. Likewise, the person who wants to have taqwa and who wants to have a good situation of his soul, every day he will take himself to account. It won't be that he just goes to bed. No. He will think, how was my day? Did I improve? Did I do enough from the good deeds? Did I fall into big mistakes that I need to make tawbah from? Is there any way I can improve my journey to Allah Azawajal? Like the project manager, like those of you who have these jobs where you work diligently and you follow methodologies and you follow processes in order for the job to be done in a better manner and that is how it should be that when you do work it should be done to the best of uh, processes and abilities but then how about the process and the project management of our life journey which is purifying the soul also we need to spend time knowing how to do that in a manner which is pleasing and in a manner which is close to perfection Imam Abdullah ibn Mubarak, he said, and he's from the, one of the greatest scholars that ever lived on the face of this earth, he said, He said that verily the righteous people, and this is talking about 800 years ago, right? So the Imam, he's saying, Abdullah ibn Mubarak, if not more than 800 years ago, he's saying that verily the righteous people from before me, from before my time, it used to be that their souls would navigate them to do good deeds, Easily and happily, naturally. They would find that their souls would happily accept doing good deeds. <laughs> but today, our souls, they don't obey us in doing the good deeds unless we compel the soul, unless we force the soul. <laughs> so it's imperative that we force our souls to do the good. So the Sheikh Abdul, uh, Abdul Azak al Badr, when quoting this, he said, Look, this is like Going back centuries ago, he said, imagine the time that we're living in now, where the doors to misguidance are wide open. If they had to compel themselves regularly to do good deeds, what is our situation? We should be regularly taking care of our soul, regularly watching what is it doing, regularly thinking about what, have I, what door have I opened to my soul? What is whispering to my soul? Can I close that? Should I close it? All of these thoughts, how to improve, should be going through our soul, through our minds regularly. As we found that when we started from the first of these principles to the tenth of these principles, we found that none of them really and truly are difficult by the permission of Allah Azawajal. The reality is that they are easy for the one that Allah makes it easy for. The more you make an effort, the more you take a step to Allah Azawajal, the more Allah Azawajal will come to you to help you along your journey. But it's upon us to make istighfar, it's upon us to make tawbah, it's upon us to remember like we mentioned last week remember the reality of death which destroys the pleasures we forget so often we keep thinking to ourselves i've still got 10 years i still got 20 years who told you that lie who told you you're going to get home today is it guaranteed that one of us is going to get to our beds today it's not guaranteed so we need to remember the reality that soon we are going to stand in front of allah so we have to take our souls to account but at the same time like we said we have to give our souls the time of relaxation as well. Don't become that person who thinks you have to lock yourself away. Enjoy the world. Enjoy your families. But always within the limits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set for us to do so. And by the permission of Allah if we implement some of what we heard, we will find our souls getting healthier and healthier in the journey towards Allah wa and Any mistakes and shortcomings were for myself and Shaytan. Anything which was good and correct was from Allah Azza wa Jal. If you have any questions on the topic, then feel free. If not, then we will see you next week, Inshallah. Wa jazakumullahu khayrah.